You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can uh, take those this morning. Look with me to 1 Kings. So we're in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 11. Now, it's going to be a while before I get there. I'm going to have to tell a story to get to 1 Kings 11. But eventually, that's where we're going to get to, 1 Kings 11. We're in this series. Actually, today is the last day of the series where we've been talking about living out your destiny. Because this is what I'm convinced of. God has placed great destiny within you. He has great plans for your life. Remember, I said this a few weeks ago. Listen, there's no surprises to God. Your parents may have told you, hey, you were an accident. You know what that means, right? Well, you were not an accident to God. No surprises. Remember, the scripture says this, that before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. And then there's this great scripture in 1 Corinthians 2.9 that, that tells us uh, that God's plans for us are greater than what we know. Remember, this is the way it reads. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That verse excites me this morning because this is what it tells me. It tells me this, that God's plans for you are greater than what you know. And it's greater than what you have yet experienced. Matter of fact, if you're still here today, then God's not finished with you yet. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, hey, God's not finished with you yet. How many of you know, if he was finished with you, you wouldn't be here, right? Look at the very fact that you're here and there's life in your body, that your heart's still beating and there's air in your lungs, tells me this, that God is still working in and through your life. He has destiny for you. And that's what we've been talking about, focusing on then the things that can keep us from that. You know, this whole series of messages really came about out of a question that I presented to God one day. I was just reflecting on, God, why is it that some individuals achieve their dreams? Why is it that some individuals achieve great destiny and really make a difference with their lives? And others don't. Others are just like existing, marking Time, days on the calendar, getting by. And as I asked that question, I really believe that the Holy Spirit gave me a point of understanding and revelation. And it was about the pitfalls. And so that's what we've been talking about. What are the pitfalls that can keep us from destiny? Because if God's placed great destiny within you, and I believe he has. you believe that? Well, a couple of us. Listen, if you don't believe it, then the rest of this sermon is not going to make any sense. Do you believe God's placed great destiny within you? Yes. Absolutely. Then we need to be aware of the pitfalls that can keep us from that. In this series so far, we've talked about three. We've talked about discouragement. People get discouraged and they just quit. They give up on life. The second obstacle, the pitfall we talked about was detours. Here's the reality. Destiny never happens overnight. Oftentimes there's detours, and sometimes in the detours, people just, you know, they go to the sidelines and sit. They bail on destiny. The third obstacle or pitfall we talked about last Sunday as we looked at the life of Samson, we talked about deception, specifically self-deception. We can deceive ourselves. We can be our own worst enemy and wreck destiny. Well, the fourth pitfall and the final pitfall that we're going to talk about that can keep you from destiny is distraction. We want to focus in on this morning. We're going to talk from the life of Solomon about the challenge of distraction. How can distraction keep us from destiny? Recently, my wife and I were taking a hike in a state park. And before we began the hike, uh, we got a map and we were studying the map, identifying the destination that we wanted to get to. 
You know, like any map, here's the star. It says you are here. So we figured out where we were. And here's the destination that we wanted to get to. And we thought, hey, we can do that. How many of you know it always looks easier on the map? You know what I'm talking about? It always looks easier. So we looked at the map and said, hey, we can do that. And in the midst of looking at the map, we missed two significant words on the map that we didn't see. I don't know why we didn't see it, but we didn't see these two words. And two words were strenuous and dangerous. We just saw you are here. Here's our destination. And we said, hey, we can do that. And so we took off. And as often trail was flat, it was easy. And so we kind of, we were on our hike toward our destination. And all of a sudden, man, it got steep. There's a mountain to climb. Then there was a creek to cross. And then there was some, some cliffs like with a big drop off. And we were on the edge of the cliff. And anywhere along the way, anywhere along the way, we could have quit. We could say, hey, this is too dangerous. This is too difficult. Matter of fact, that's what I was saying. And my wife was saying, you sissy, come on. <laughs> anywhere along the way, we could have said, hey, this is too difficult, too hard, too dangerous, too many obstacles. We could have turned and went back. If we had, get this, we would have never made our destination. And the good news is, is we didn't quit. We moved beyond the obstacles, the hills, the cliffs, the creek. And finally, we arrived at our destination. But as I was reflecting on, on that experience, that real life experience, I thought, you know, that is a smaller picture of life. And life is like that hike. And that along the way toward our destiny, toward our destination, there's all kinds of obstacles along the way. And anywhere along the way, it's those obstacles, it's those pitfalls that can cause us to miss out on the very destiny that God has for us. Therefore, we never reach our destination. But one of those pitfalls is, again, this issue of distraction. If we're not cautious and aware, we can be distracted and find ourselves moving away from destiny rather than moving Toward destiny. That's the danger of distraction. I mean, like, it could be a big problem. As a matter of fact, I was, I was doing a little research uh, for this message, and I discovered that, that distracted drivers top the list of growing dangers on the highway. It's probably no news, no new news for anyone in the room, right? I mean, AAA just did this study, and they said that in recent, in recent days, um, at least 49% of drivers have been guilty of talking on their phone while they're driving. I know you would never do that. And 35% have been guilty of either text, uh, receiving a text or responding to a text or an email while they're driving. Anyone in the room guilty besides me? This has been about three months ago. Three months ago, I was, I was in my truck and... Um, I'd come up to a stop sign. There was a car in front of me, and I thought I had stopped. I hadn't stopped, but I thought I'd stopped, and my phone was just—it was going off. And so I reached over and I picked up my phone. All of a sudden, I've just become distracted, and I hit the car in front of me. I made a new friend. <laughs> Interesting. The girl that I, whose car I hit, her grandma worships here. Uh, <laughs> Didn't get me out of the insurance problem that I had. But, but what, was it, what was the issue? What caused the wreck? The wreck was simply this. I was distracted. And the distraction caused me to hit someone else unintentionally. I didn't do it on purpose. And the distraction caused the accident. And, and if you think about your own life, hey, oftentimes it's the distractions of life that can wreck our lives. 
It's the distractions of life that can take us off this path of destiny. Not only that, the distractions of life can cause us to chase the things that take us away from destiny. Before we know it, we can be on the wrong road, headed in the wrong direction. And here's the challenge. It's not always the bad things. It's not always the sinful things. It's not always the wrong things. It can even be the good things that distract us, that get us off the path of destiny. For example, let me just create a scenario. Um, let, let's say that, that somehow your destiny is connected to helping children in crisis. Okay, maybe it's not, but let's just pretend this morning that it is. Your destiny is somehow serving children in crisis. So that's your destiny, but along the way in life, you get distracted by pursuing things that are good. Money and material possession. How many of you know money's not bad? Right? Money's neutral. Money's just a Money's not bad. Money's good. Can we agree to that? Money's good. I mean, you, you need money to buy my lunch, right? Money's good. <laughs> Stuff's not. Material possessions are not bad. I think you should enjoy whatever God's blessed you with. Let's celebrate that. Let's share that with others. So money and material things are not bad, they're good, but if your destiny is serving children in crisis, yet you're spending your life chasing after money and material things, you realize that the the things that are good have just distracted you from that which is best. The things that are good, they're not evil. However, they can become a distraction for you, taking you away from the very destiny that God has for your life. And what I've discovered is that people who reach their potential and fulfill their destiny determine to act on their priorities and to stay focused on the things that really matter. They're focused, not distracted, but focused. Well, this morning we want to look at the life of Solomon, and we want to talk about the challenge of of distraction. Solomon, in all of his wisdom, I think is a great example for us of what can happen when we become distracted. Let me give you just a, a quick history lesson. I want to just assume that you know the story of Solomon. I encourage you this week, read, his host, read the whole story. But let me just quickly give you some history, a backstory. Solomon was the third king of the nation of Israel. There was King Saul, King David, King Solomon. So Solomon is the son of David. And as a result of David's leadership, the nation of Israel is in a really strong position. I mean, David has defeated all the enemies. He's extended the boundaries of the nation of Israel. This is a very prosperous time in the nation, in the history of the nation of Israel. And David is coming to the end of his reign. He's coming to the end of his life. And he's going to pass the baton of leadership to his son Solomon. So Solomon is going to be the next king of the nation of Israel. And as David is passing the baton to his son, I want you to listen to what the father says to the son. First Kings chapter two, verse two. David says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. In other words, David says to Solomon, I'm about to die. My life's coming to an end. I mean, this is what he says to Solomon. So be strong, show yourself a man, and observe what the Lord requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go. Here's the summary of what David 
said to Solomon as he's passing the baton of leadership, he says, seek God. Keep your focus on God. He says, if you do that, son, God will prosper you. God will help you lead the nation of Israel. But here's the key. Keep your focus on God. And if you look to Solomon's life, what you'll find is in the early years of his life, he did that. He followed the counsel of his father. And things were going really well. As we come to 1 Kings chapter 3, God appears to Solomon in a dream and uh, presents a, a, a pretty interesting question to him. God says to Solomon, Solomon, what do you want? What is it that you say? What, what is it that you, you desire of me? It was kind of an open-ended question. And Solomon says, God, what I need is wisdom and discernment so that I can lead your people well. I need, I need wisdom so I can shepherd this nation well. The, the nation is so vast. The people are so many. God, just grant me wisdom. And the scripture tells us, again, you can read it, 1 Kings chapter 3. The scripture says us, tells us that God was really pleased with what Solomon asked for. That he would ask for wisdom, not wealth. And this is what God says to Solomon. Because you ask for wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you wealth as well. I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to prosper you in your leadership of the nation of Israel. And so we see in 1 Kings chapter 3, we see God saying to Solomon, basically, Solomon, your destiny is to lead this nation well, and I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to give you the wisdom to do it. So Solomon, if you read on in Solomon's life, he grew in his fame, and, and, and the wealth he amassed was unprecedented. During his reign as king, Israel experienced like prosperity and peace. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us in 1 Kings chapter 10 that Solomon brought so much wealth into the nation of Israel that silver was as common as stones. Think about that. I mean, there was so much, there was so much abundance. Why? Because God brought his blessing to Solomon as Solomon's living out his destiny. However, the destiny that God had for King Solomon was never fully experienced. And here's the problem. He became distracted. He lost his focus. And it was the distractions of life that robbed him of his destiny. It was the distractions of life, if you can think of it like this, that sabotaged the destiny that God had for him. Distractions caused him to lose focus, and eventually he turned away from the very God who had given him success. And again, the root of the problem, the root of the problem was distraction. Hear me, friend, this morning. If the wisest man who ever lived was sabotaged by distraction, how many of you know distraction could be a problem for you? Are you with me? Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you can be distracted. We see it playing out in Solomon's life. Distraction robbing him of destiny. Look with me to 1 Kings chapter 11. So now we're coming to the end of his life. I just gave you a quick summary of Solomon's 40, uh, uh, let's say 30 years of leadership. So now we're looking at the last quarter of his life. The last season of his life. This is what we find. 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 1. King Solomon, however... Love many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughters, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. And they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. In verse 3. This is astounding to me. He had 700 wives 
of royal birth. Can you say, oh me? 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines and his wives. Notice what they did. His wives led him away from the Lord. Verse 4, as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. In other words, they distracted him. Turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the testimony god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. Drop down to verse 9. Then the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude, and you've not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it one of your subordinates. So here's, here's King Solomon in all of his wisdom and all of the prosperity that God had given him, turning away from the very God that had given him great destiny and the very God that was fulfilling that destiny through his life. And in his success, he became distracted. And what did it do? It wrecked his destiny. I mean, this is the, this is the same man who wrote the book of Proverbs. In one of the Proverbs, we find that Solomon wrote, this is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. You know what that verse says? Solomon wrote these words, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct you. He'll get you to destiny. I mean, Solomon wrote that. And he forgot the very words that he wrote. And this latter season of his life, he got distracted. He lost his focus, and it wrecked. It wrecked his destiny. Not only did it cost him, but it cost the nation of Israel. So let's look really quick at the danger of distractions for King Solomon. There's three statements there in your notes. First is this. He allowed his desires and his passions to override his commitment to honor God. That's hard to imagine. As I read this story, it's hard to imagine. Like Solomon had 700 wives. And 300 concubines. Listen, I have one wife and I'm overwhelmed at times. Just one. Not two, not three, certainly not seven. I have one. 700 wives. That means he had 700 mother-in-laws. I mean, think about that. That's a whole other story right there. 700 wives and 300 concubines. If you're not familiar with the term concubine, uh, a great word that would match that today in our vocabulary is, is a mistress. He had 300 women who he was not married to, yet he kept them in his harem for his own sexual pleasure. Think about that. 700 wives, 300 concubines. It would have been women that Solomon chased after that became the distraction in his life. Obviously, in all of his wisdom, he had a weak point, right? He had a weak point, and it was women in the pursuit of his sexual passions. But it was his, it was his desires and his passions that both deceived him and distracted him. 
The women he brought into his harem brought their, their values and their false gods. And over a period of time, Solomon was distracted, and through their influence, he began to worship their gods. In the midst of that, turned away from the one true God. He allowed distractions to mislead him, and he turned away from the God who had placed great destiny within his life. And the God who had, I mean, the scripture says that God had appeared to him like twice. He turned away from that God. He turned away from the God who had, who had brought him great wealth and great prosperity. All of this happened because he lost his focus. And the pursuit of his pleasure became greater than the pursuit of his God. That was his danger point. That was the distraction. And as I read Solomon's story, and as I see how God interacted with Solomon, and how God revealed destiny, and that, then I see how, how God brought this success. I, I, I wonder, like, Solomon, how could this happen? How could you, get, how could you be so blind? How could you get to, to this place in your life? And what I can assure you is, is it didn't happen overnight. Solomon didn't wake up one day and say, hey, today's the day I'm going to turn away from God and I'm going to start worshiping false gods. It was not a decision that was made in a day. It was what happened over a process of time through the influence of wrong individuals that eventually led him away from the worship of the one true God. And oftentimes that's what happens in our lives. It's not like one day we wake up and say, hey, I'm just going to go down the wrong road doing something stupid. No one would wake up and say, hey, I'm just going to, today I think I'm going to wreck my life. That's what I'm going to do today. Put it on the calendar. Today's the day. Like no one would do that. Solomon didn't do that. But over a period of time, he was lulled into complacency. And the complacency led him to the distraction that wrecked his destiny. So he allowed the distractions to mislead him, turn him away from God. And because of this, here's the sad part of the story. He didn't finish well. He started well. He was on the right track. He started well, but he didn't finish well. And the kingdom was actually given to one of his, one of his subordinates. If you read on in chapter 11 in, in Solomon's story, this is what you'll discover is that God began to raise up adversaries against Solomon. In other words, God began to create trouble for Solomon. Why? Because Solomon turned away from God. He rejected the very God who had given him wealth, prosperity, success. Not only that, if you read on in his story, when Solomon came to the end of his leadership and he's passing the baton to his son, Rehoboam, there's actually a civil war that breaks out in the nation of Israel. And from this point forward, the nation of Israel is divided. There's the northern kingdom led by Jeroboam, King Jeroboam, ten and a half tribes. There's the southern kingdom led by Solomon's son, Rehoboam. But there was a great divide that, ha divided, divide that happened in the nation of Israel. And it all comes back to this, Solomon lost his focus. Solomon got distracted. Not only did it cost him... But it cost a lot of folks in the nation of Israel. Again, the root of the problem was what? It was distraction. Solomon, in all of his wisdom, allowed his passion and his pursuits to distract him from his pursuit of God. And this is what I know today. 
The same thing can happen to you. Don't look at Solomon's life and say, well, that happened to Solomon, but that would never happen to me. Listen, he was the wisest man who's ever lived. What happened to Solomon can happen to you. If we're not aware and cautious, the distractions of life can limit the destiny that God has for us or even wreck our destiny. As we're living in the prosperity of the 21st century and as we're living in this blessed place called the Lake Norman community, this is what I know. We can easily be distracted. And it's not always bad stuff. Not always bad things. All that God has blessed us with. See, I think, I think this becomes one of the greater issues for the people of Grace Covenant Church and the people who live in the Lake Norman community. Is there so much stuff to distract us, to mislead us, to take us away from the God who's placed destiny within us? You know, recently, actually when I was on sabbatical, I went up to see one of my buddies from college in, in Vermilion, Ohio, which sits right on Lake Erie, um, in a little town that was built around a Ford Motor Company. Matter of fact, at the, at the prime of the community, Ford Motor Company had over a million square feet under roof. And then there was all of the other companies to support the motor industry that was there in the community. And then one day, Ford Motor Company moves out and all the jobs are gone. All the jobs are gone. All the resources are gone. And so while I was there, I was driving around. My buddy was driving me around through the community, showing me this community that he pastors. And I saw unkept houses and yards and yards that were disarray and I I saw what happens in a community when there's not resource and there's not jobs there's not employment and when I came back to the Lake Norman community a couple days after that experience my wife and I were driving around through Lake Norman and and this is what I told my wife I said you know Charlotte we've lived here too long and because we've lived here so long we've lost sight of the the abundance and the blessing that we have here in this community The blessing that comes with resource. The blessing that comes when there's jobs. The blessing that comes when people have employment and they can can provide for their families. I think we live in a community where we're so blessed that if we're not careful, we lose sight of all that we've been blessed with and we can easily be distracted. And lose sight of not only the goodness of God, but lose sight of the very destiny that God has for us. Even as Solomon was distracted from his destiny, so it can happen in our lives. So as I wrap this up, how do we guard ourselves from distraction? Because listen, it is a reality. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to have to deal with distraction. How do we guard our lives? How do we guard our destiny from distraction? First is this. Know that your destiny is discovered in your pursuit of God, not things. Whatever the things would be. Listen, destiny is not about the pursuit of stuff. It's not about what you can gather. It's not about what you own. Destiny is all about how you live your life. Again, nothing wrong with the stuff. Nothing wrong with the things. So they're not bad. They're good. I'm not saying that they're bad. But what I am saying is they can become bad in your life if they become a distraction. So know this, just always remind yourself, your destiny is discovered in your pursuit of God. 
So enjoy the stuff, use the stuff, bless others with the stuff, but don't worship the stuff, because the stuff will distract you from destiny. Pursue God. I like to say it like this, keep the main thing the main thing. You know what the main thing is? Pursue God. Remember, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6.33. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not second, not third, not on Sundays only, not when it's convenient. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I referenced this verse earlier, but from Solomon's own words, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll bring you to destiny. He'll direct your path. So first, the first way you guard yourself from distraction is make sure that you're always pursuing God tenaciously, not the things. We're going to pursue God, and we're going to use things. Amen? Here's the second way that you can guard yourself from distractions is allow God's word to be your guide, not your fleshly desires. What got Solomon into trouble is that he allowed what he wanted to rule his life, not what God wanted. He valued his own desires and he placed them of greater significance and greater importance than that of what God's word said. That's what got him into trouble. I mean, God had clearly said, hey, don't intermarry. Don't bring all of these folks around you who have other gods. Before long, you're going to be worshiping their gods. That's what God said. But Solomon, what? He valued what he wanted more than what God wanted. He valued what he wanted more than what God's word said. Listen, when you begin to allow your selfish desires to be the authority in your life instead of God's word. Let me tell you what you've just become. You've become distracted, and before long, you're going to come to a wreck in your life. Why? You're being ruled by your selfish desires. So for everyone in the room today, we have a decision to make every day. And here's the decision. It's not just today, but every day you're going to have to make this decision. Am I going to be ruled by my selfish desires, or am I going to be ruled by God's word? Are my desires going to determine what I want, or is God's word going to guide my life? How can you guard yourself from distraction, allow God's word to guide you? I love this passage of Scripture in Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen to what the psalmist wrote. It's actually on the screen. Why don't you read this with me? Let's read this together. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? The key is this. The key to the author that wrote Psalm chapter 1, he says, you've got to connect yourself to the Word. You've got to be guided by the Word. When God's Word is the source of authority in your life, calling the shots in your life, he says, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find destiny. He says, God's going to prosper you in your life. God's going to bring you to the fullness of His plans. When? When we're guided by the truth of God's Word. So how do you guard yourself from distraction? You make a decision that God's Word's going to be the, the uh, God in your life, not your selfish desires. Here's a third way I think we can guard ourselves from the danger of distractions is don't allow comfort and success to lull you into complacency. 
First Kings 11, 4 says, As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. So in the latter years of Solomon's life, this is what I believe happened. He was coasting. Life was good. I mean, he had everything physically you could ever want and more. He lacked for absolutely nothing. I mean, the scripture says that he made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones. I mean, the man had it all. Power, position. People were traveling from the nations just to sit at his feet and listen to his wisdom. In this last season of his life, I believe that Solomon was just coasting. Life's good. I'm comfortable. What could I ever want? I mean, I have 700 wives, 300 concubines. Like, what could I ever want? He was lulled into complacency. He was stuck. He was stagnant in his life. Therefore, he was easily distracted. This is what I believe. When you come to a place that you're complacent in your life, you're stagnant, you're stuck. If you're in a place where you're saying, well, life is comfortable, it couldn't be any better, I think I'm just going to hang out here. Can I tell you what? You've just become complacent and you've just put yourself in a dangerous place. Because when you're complacent, what do you do? You lose focus. You're not, you're not tenacious in your pursuit of God. You're just hanging out because it's all good. And I'm glad it's all good. But listen, don't become complacent in that. Don't be lulled into complacency. Don't come to a place in your life where you're just coasting. That is a dangerous place to be. Because in that, you can be easily distracted. So what do you need to do? I'll leave you with these two things. Stay focused and tenaciously pursue God. Stay focused. Stay focused on the things that really matter. And tenaciously pursue God in your life. And if you do, the God who's placed great destiny in you, He will bring that destiny to fruition in your life as you stay focused on what really matters and as you tenaciously pursue the God who's given you life. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you today. That you are not only great, but that you've placed greatness within us. I believe that for myself. I believe that for every individual in the room. Lord, no eye is seen, no ear is heard. No mind can even comprehend the greatness of the plans that you have for us. But Lord, what I know is that there's pitfalls along the way to that destiny. And one of those is distraction. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you would help us. Because what I know is Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, God, it's the reality of what happens in life. Every day we're making decisions. And Lord, in those decisions we can be easily distracted. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us. For every man, every woman in the room today, every teenager, Holy Spirit, help us to stay focused on the things that really matter. And Holy Spirit, may we be daily reminded of our great need for God. Holy Spirit, help us to, to be tenacious in our pursuit. Not, not just to coast, not just to come to a place where we, we're lulled into complacency. But Holy Spirit, would, would you just remind us daily of 
our great need for God. With every head bowed and eye closed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this morning, if you would ask God this question, just in this, this moment where we were being still and quiet before the Lord, would you just ask God today, is there anything in my life that's distracted me? Is there any point of distraction that I've given into that's taken me away from the destiny that you have for me? you be vulnerable just for a moment? Just to say, God, is there anything? Is there any place of distraction? Maybe it's something that's, that's good. It doesn't have to be something that's bad. Maybe it's, it, it's a hobby. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's stuff. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it, I don't know what it might be. But just, God, is there anything in my life that I've allowed to become a distraction, keeping me from the destiny that you have for me. What might the Holy Spirit reveal to you, convict you of this morning, that you've allowed to become a distraction? Father God, we repent today before you. Lord, we own it for what it is. Whatever that area of distraction might be in individuals, maybe not for everyone, but for those who would say, yeah, here's an area, here's two areas. God, we just, God, we repent of that. God, forgive us. Forgive us for losing focus. Forgive us for placing something ahead of you or before you and allowing that distraction to take us away, God, from the plan, the destiny you have for us. God, this morning we make a U-turn. This morning we come back to you and we simply make this statement, God, we're desperate for you. We want to live our lives focused on you. We want, to, we want to know you. We want to serve you. We want to live our lives in relationship with you. God, that's our desire. So again, forgive us for where we've allowed distraction to take us from that. And God, we're grateful for this, this morning for your grace. Your grace to us in the midst of our uh, distractions. stand with me this morning. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.